Omicron fast becoming the headline. Uh, well, we saw that on Friday, just gathered steam across, of course, across the weekend, particularly as markets have been pricing in a return to normality. But Omicron dents this expectation severely. To take us through it, the potential impacts, Peter Escho from Wealthy. Peter, good to see you. Thank you for having me. Good to see you too. In fact, we're just seeing uh, markets now turn. Uh, futures in the States, both the S&P 500, NASDAQ up around 1%. The local market beginning to bounce back up, recover some of those losses. What's your view at the moment and particularly the market reaction? The market reaction is nothing new. Uh, I think by the time I go home, uh, they might be down and tomorrow they might be up. And one thing that's for certain is that a lot of the assumptions in stocks, a lot of the pricing around stocks is built on the premise that we come out of the pandemic and in 2022 and 2023, there aren't issues around that we've seen in the past couple of years. I think that assumption is at the biggest risk. I think that's what's on the table. The science will need to work its way out. We don't know. Fauci has said two weeks. And so markets are going to remain volatile for the next two weeks. But we're not out of the woods because if it's not this variant, it might be another or the one after that. So in other words, you're expecting volatility to continue. Absolutely. Volatility, uncertainty, and I think equity prices uh, are very, very hefty. Uh, there's a lot of good news baked in. And we saw on Friday the first sniff, the first preliminary reports, and the market sold off such you know, in such a savage way. So I, I think um, there will be a lot of businesses out there re-looking really at their forecasts, re-looking really at their guidance, and maybe coming out over the next couple of months to open the door to some downgrades if there are more travel disruptions. As you say, those valuations looking lofty, pretty much in every asset class you can think of yeah. at this point. Uh, that said then, what are you doing as far as positioning your portfolio is concerned as we head into Christmas? Well, personally, my personal portfolio is diversified. I have long equity exposure. I have commercial real estate exposure, residential exposure, and cash. I think there's nothing wrong with sitting on cash as a method of, of insurance. So if we do get a pullback or if things don't go as planned or we do go into more deep lockdowns, I've got a buffer there uh, to be able to exploit that. What In sort of percentage are we talking? Uh, I don't know. It's pretty across the board. Yeah. Uh, I haven't calculated it, but it's pretty, you know, even 25% in equities, um, a little bit in foreign equities. I like to play indices, indices for my own personal portfolio because I don't have time to pick stocks. Um, I've been adding to commercial real estate. I think commercial real estate is going to outperform and it's a standout because there are a lot of institutional investors that do want cash flow and earning certainty and they're probably overexposed to you know, financial markets and they want to diversify outside of that. So I'm seeing a lot of activity there. So Peter, you specialise in property. Yep. Um, how are you seeing the market at the moment? Okay, so uh, retail banks starting to lift rates. Reserve banks still saying, well, they're not saying specifically 24, but that's the expectation, although the market's pricing and obviously earlier for an official cash uh, hike. Um, so where are you seeing the property market to go at the moment? Some of the heat appears to have come out of it. Yep. Once you see those rates begin to lift, what's going to happen? I think there'll be a slowdown, particularly in Sydney and I think a lot more maybe in Brisbane. Brisbane be has been a market that is very volatile. It had a 60% growth year in 2004 and then nothing for 15 years. And all of a sudden, a lot of investors have gone to Brisbane on the back of the Olympics, migration out of Victoria, for example, 
Sydney has been a market as the premier market, but the owner-occupied segment, anything from about a million to $3 million in Sydney, has run really hard, particularly houses. I think they will slow down. And I think what you'll see is investors coming into the market next year cautious and going for value. It's not hard in residential real estate to go and get a 4% yield. And that's actually pretty good because you have some earnings priced in, rents will go up, but you don't want to overexpose. Credit is getting harder, the, the cost of credit is going up, and so I think it'll be very much a value play. So I think Sydney and Melbourne apartment markets that have basically been dead for the past five years will start to get some life coming back into them. Where are you seeing that value and how are you seeing commercial property, be it retail or office space? Industrial is the standout because it seems like this industrial theme isn't cyclical, it's structural. We are completely changing the way we educate our children, the way we shop, the way we talk to our doctors and industrial real estate in terms of zoning if you have a look at zoning and how it's done in Australia, um, there isn't a lot of space for an increase in industrial supply around our main major cities. Um, so that's a big play. Office is too hard. I don't know what will happen there. I think you need a supply adjustment. Um, and retail, there's only a finite amount of supply that's consolidated with big REITs anyway. So a lot of private investors getting into industrial and trying to find opportunities there. Yeah, particularly, I guess, we look at warehousing at the moment. You only have to look at what happened today. Goodman Group, obviously one of the, the winners uh, today. Obviously, investors seeing the value there. Yeah, uh, the big companies, you know, the listed companies that are industrial have been priced for a premium. The market has got ahead of that. In terms of the middle market, there's a middle market emerging. So private equity groups going in and, and buying industrial land that is underdeveloped. Uh, particularly in Sydney and in Melbourne and to an extent in Brisbane. And then if you go smaller, um, your individual investors, your syndicates going in and trying to look at greenfield sites. There's a new airport popping up in Sydney. There's a lot of infrastructure. So there's a lot of activity there. How, do you, how are you seeing uh, gold as an as a, um, investment at the moment? Is that a lot of people are frustrated that I've spoken to. We would have expected that gold would have gone by now. Yeah. Um, but it's been stuck in the doldrums. Uh, we see the reaction uh, with, uh, with Omicron. We saw the reaction as far as, you know, inflation moving higher. It hasn't, it's moved a little, but not a lot. I, when I wake up in the morning, I look at the US 10-year bond yield, number one, and then I look at gold. And for me, that's th they are the two most important because they show me where interest rate expectations are, mm. where inflation expectations are, not today or tomorrow, but over the next 10 years. And that's how I wanna be investing as an investor. I wanna look forward. And you know, 10 year bond yield has barely moved. It, it came down overnight, but we're sitting between one to 2%. And all this talk about inflation, all this fear around inflation, the US 10 year bond yield hasn't really moved much. Gold, as a consequence, is a laggard. And so I think until you get the 10 year bond yield moving, breaking above 2%, real inflationary expectations over the long term, mm. I don't really think you'll see gold pop out. When it happens, it's going to be a big adjustment. Let's stick with Nuex, which has had plenty of negative